Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 984. Chronicler watched him go, then turned to look at the red-haired man behind the bar. Quoth was looking at the stairway, too. His eyes concerned. He's just had a rough day, he said, sounding as if he were speaking to himself as much as his guest. He'll be fine tomorrow. Wiping off his hands, Quoth walked around the bar and heaped to the front... Nope. Wiping off his hands, Quoth walked around the bar and headed to the front door. Do you need anything before you turn in? he asked. Chronicler shook his head and began fitting his pen back together. Quoth locked the front door with a larger brass key. Quoth locked the front door with a large brass key, then turned to Chronicler. I'll leave this in the lock for you, he said. In case you wake up early and feel like having a walk or some such. I don't tend to sleep very much these days. He touched the side of his face where a bruise was beginning to model his jaw. But tonight I might make an exception. Chronicler nodded and shouldered his satchel. Then he delicately picked up his holly crown and headed up the stairs. Alone in the common room, Quoth swept the floor methodically, touching all the corners. He finished the dishes, washed the tables and the bar, and rolled down all the lamps but one, leaving the room dimly lit and full of flickering shadow. For a moment, he looked at the bottles behind the bar, then turned and made his own slow climb upstairs. Bast stepped slowly into his room, closing the door behind himself. He moved quietly through the dark to stand before the hearth. Nothing but ash and cinder remained from the morning's fire. Bast opened the wood bin, but there was nothing inside except a thick layer of chaff and chips at the bottom. The dim light from the window glinted The dim light from the window glinted in his dark eyes and showed the outline of his face as he stood motionless, as if trying to decide what to do. After a moment, he let the lid of the bin fall closed, wrapped himself in a blanket, and folded himself onto a small couch in front of the empty fireplace. He sat for a long while, eyes open in the dark. There was a faint scuffle outside his window, then nothing. Then a faint scraping. Bass turned and saw a dark shape outside, moving in the night. Bast went motionless, then slid smoothly from the couch to stand in front of the fireplace, with his eyes still on the window. His hands hunted carefully across the top of the mantel. There was another scrape at the window, louder this time. Bast's eyes darted away from the window to the mantel, and he caught up something with both hands. And he caught up something at the end of the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Uh, wh why does Chronicler have a fairy crown? Or, not a fairy crown, a holly crown. <laughs> I think Bast made it while they were listening to the story and gave it to him. 
Oh, that's a yeah. He was he was fiddling with it. Yeah, he was fiddling with it as like a bit of business, and he gave it to him as a bit of a solve after the uh, the attack. Is the thing outside the window chronicler? Yes. I don't know. I mean, I do. It is, but we don't know that. Because part of me feels like the way it's worded, it's like, oh, is it a scrail? Like it's I, something that's dark and it's scratching. Yeah, I think we're meant I think to it's think supposed to be a bit of a cat scare, yes. Yeah. But just to kind of, also, we get to a little bit of like how Bast seems ready to defend himself. Yeah. He's picking up something from the mantle, which we can infer is a weapon. Yeah, this is like the closest we get to getting interiority from Bast, really. Because it's like the third person narrator is narrating things from his point of view for the next little bit. Which is cool. Yes. I also appreciate that without doing too much work, the frame narrative reminds us what happened the last time we were in here. Because you might have forgotten that Quoth just got ten shades of crap kicked out of him. But he, like, touches the bruise on his face, which reminds us, like, oh, right, Quoth was in a fight earlier. Like, that just happened. Oh, that reminds me, Jordana, you missed something yesterday. What? You missed hands. Oh, you're right. I did miss hands. Well, time to throw in it's your It's funny because I totally, towel. I noted hands when I, when we were reading it and then totally forgot about it by the time we got to the commentary. I'm sorry, Jordana. You have to, you have to hand in your podcasting badge and microphone. No, I refuse. This late quickly... in the game, there's no taking it from me. It's melded into my skin. It's Ugh, like grafted damn. in there. Hardcore. <laughs> the new flesh, the new podcast. Do you want to quickly talk about those hands while we're here? We can uh, lump it sure. in with both going to bed. I don't know. He's he's wringing his hands, essentially. He's massaging. He's rubbing his hands together, massaging the left hand, the one he swore uh, would be one he swore by when he said he wouldn't try to hunt uh, Dennis Patron uh, while uh. he's talking about things getting dark. Now, isn't it possible that he's just massaging his hands because he was in a fight and his knuckles are swollen and bruised? Could be, but it also reminds him. The point is, while he's thinking about things getting dark, he's he's touching his hands. Yeah. Thinking about his failures. At the very least, it's thematically resonant. The lock, is, the key is brass, which has copper in it. Uh, right, yes, yes, because brass is partly copper, right. Do you think that that means that he has woven some kind of anti-naming nullification magic into the, the very warp and weft of the waystone? I think it's more likely that uh, it's an alloy that Bast can touch. It's the same reason his barrels uh, are bound in brass instead of iron. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. That's very thoughtful. Well, well I mean, he's, he's I feel his... like that's like the bare minimum if you're going to have someone who's essentially allergic to iron living with you. Like Exactly. You wouldn't want your, your piss boy who couldn't touch your, uh, your, your piss barrels. You could just touch the wood part, not the banded part. He's allergic to it. Mm. How will you catch the piss in the barrel if you're allergic to the barrel? Also, what if the barrel becomes loose and then you have to tighten it? That's going to require touching the metal. Exactly. Tighten my barrel was the big radio hit of 1944. Stop it! It was. Number one on the billboard chart. Tighten my barrel, please. Oh, lady, tighten my barrel, please. That's That's a preview. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say maybe uh maybe you guys can um re-release some uh album from the nineteen forty uh Yeah, well you could, that can that can be Alvin's next project after uh, <laughs> after they do the, the metal band album, they can do the forties the jams 
Yeah, well, I was thinking uh, in the similar vein to the quest for Jordana's gold, we would do we would do like a billboard show, like a oh, billboard oh top hits of the nineteen. I do our next episode of Quest for Jordana's Gold. We should intersperse it with uh, with the hot hits of the forties. See, I want to see Jordana's, you know, Mary Melodies, Betty Boop style like ca- cartoon set. Oh my god, Jordana, can you draw some Fleischer Brothers style cartoons? Oh please. Of what? I don't know, like... The, Tightening the, the, a barrel. Use your yeah. imagination. Come on. Yeah. What do we pay you for? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> well, technically the patrons pay me for something, but... That's right. Um, you, is there anything on this do, page? Do like the three of us podcasting, but it's like in the weird, trippy Fleischer Brothers style. Yeah, I could draw us in Fleischer yeah. Brothers. I would be Coco the Clown. Jeremy would be Felix Oh my the god, Clown. you would be. No offense. Yeah, but and you'd be Betty it, It's the long... It's like, because you have a very, like, tall, thin face. Wait, is Felix the Cat Fleischer? Yeah. Okay. I think Jeremy would be the most, like, Felix cat Yeah. I just said that. Oh, I just okay. said that. I'm Coco the Clown. Got it, yes. Jeremy's Felix the Clown. I'm Betty Boop, or am I, or am the, I the donkey? <laughs> uh, you're Betty Boop, but we're riding the donkey. Okay. What's Superman doing? He hasn't been invented yet. Or he has, but he hasn't made it to cartoons. We're still in the early, like, really, really experimental Fleischer, where they're all twisty and, and like, their their skin falls off and it reveals a dancing skeleton. Did the Fleischers also do, like, the Popeye cartoons? I think so. Yeah, Fleischer's Popeye. Mm. Is there anything else we want to talk about on this page, or should we read a letter? (laughs) We can read a letter. It does feel like it's a lot of setup. So let's let's read this letter. This is from, uh, this is why Alvin was on the brain, because Alvin wrote in the Discord. Ravelin Alvin writes, hello, pagers three. In regards to page 976, $5 and I'll reveal Jordana's high school boyfriend. No, that's, I mean, like, that's just, that's impolite to, to my high school boyfriend. JK, I would never do that. And it's nothing to be (laughs) embarrassed about, as I think it's very common to have felt the same way. I didn't want to make my last letter too long, but I must mention this. Team dead son all the way. No! Alvin, you traitor! That's right, even your closest friends betray you, Jordana. They know the truth. Swam pronounced like wham. Also, going through the podcast ahead of reading the books, it's like an audiobook where you get funny and insightful bonus material with every page. The opposite of torture. Also, I'm not someone who typically makes time to sit down and read a book every day. I mostly have books for using up in between time, like being in transit or waiting for things. So I was able to get through these books faster via your podcast than I would have if I had just left where I left my own devices. The joy of listening to you three led me to get the books and read them, and I did set time aside to read them without waiting for in-between time, so you should all be proud that you generated a new reader and fan of Rothfuss. I'm so happy that you guys made this show. I was hardly into podcasts at all, but I'm so glad I jumped in with you guys in my ears, because podcasts are wonderful. Thanks for all you do. Signed, Ravelin Alvin. Aww, Alvin's such a sweetheart. Alvin, that's very kind of you. I, I am always pleased to hear that we've like gotten someone back into reading or they're reading for pleasure more than they used to because reading for pleasure is great. When you, when you started talking about us as though we were bonus material, you reminded me that recently I did the most like 2004 era Jeremy thing I've done in a long time. Uh, my partner and I were, were we were parallel playing, uh, you know, where she's like reading a book and I'm doing something else. And I chose to, I was like, I want to watch something, but I don't want to watch like a whole movie. So I sat down and just watched the scenes from the Hobbit movies that have Smaug in them because those are the like the good parts. And then I went and watched on YouTube the special features about how they brought the dragon to life, like from concept art to, to like finished thing. 
which is what I used to do with, like the Lord of the Rings extended editions. And like I was thinking to myself as I did, like, man, I haven't gone this far down a nerd rabbit hole in this way since I was like 16. It must be sad to be one of those artists on something that is bad. Yeah. And like, it's not their fault, right? Like the, the concept art is amazing. Like the work they're putting into these like beautiful, intricate maquettes that no one's ever going to see, but the artists and the director, like they put a shitload. Of, and I mean, in fairness to them and in fairness to that movie, which is generally speaking a uh, dog shit, the scenes with the dragon are awesome. And the dragon looks incredible and is like performed incredibly. And, is totally riveting. It's just, they exist as like 20 minutes of a two hour and 20 minute movie. And the other two hours suck. There you have it. (laughs) Listeners. uh, You can imagine us slithering around on the ground, covered in a mocap suit and little dots pretending to be a dragon Uh, on tomorrow's page. Oh, that would have been our best lives. (laughs) Uh, truly, truly, I envy, I envy everyone who works at Weta. I envy Benedict Cumberbatch getting to live out his childhood dream of being a dragon. We should all be so lucky on tomorrow's page. Uh, I have a buddy who is a contortionist and uh, was discovered and now works in Hollywood doing uh, creature, like creature and mocap. And uh, I love watching his Instagram. For that reason, live vicariously. Live your best life as a, as a weird little freak on tomorrow's page of the win.